Thank you uh, to Tara and Charlie. A great uh, way of setting the scene uh, for what our message is today uh, the, on the Mosaic Covenant. Uh, so already in this series of Covenantal, we have looked at Noah and we have looked at Abraham and, and the covenants that were made through them with the people. And today it's, it's the covenants made through Moses for the people. Um, we just heard it, it, it in Moses' life that from the start, he was a prince in Egypt, and he's gone through this journey to being now a priest. Um, there's so much there that we could talk about. Um, you could say that there's, there's plenty of scope for doing a series just on Moses, on his life, on all uh, that, that he managed to accomplish in the name of God, and, and, and pass on then into, uh, into investing in Joshua and the ministry that was to come after him. It's good to have that context, but we're not going to dig in far deeply into what Moses did um, and, and how that story got him to the place where then God gave the Ten Commandments. We're going to be looking specifically at really this, this set point of the Ten Commandments in the context of the covenant which God has given to Israel and, 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 and that entering into uh, the relationship that they are, are, are now entwined together in. It's the Ten Commandments, we just said, and I could do a whole series on the Ten Commandments, ten different series, uh, sermons in a series. Uh, we've I've done it before. Um, so we can't go into each commandment and break that down. Um, that's not what we're looking at today. Um, but if you want to go deeper and, 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 and really dig into that, there's plenty of good resources out there in which to do so and to really look at each commandment and how we can, we can apply it to life today in, in, a, in, in, in the good, right way um, and breaking out how those commandments are first and foremost about relationship with God and then about relationship with our fellow um, man. Um, so... We're looking at the overall the overall picture today, um, not the specifics. And as I say that, uh, I think the Ten Commandments um, they're not really law. Not really. Uh, why do I say that? Because there's not a set punishment that's assigned to each one if you don't keep it. Um, instead, I look at them; they're a way of life which God lays out for His people. Um, uh, it's kind of, if we look at it with that way around, then the intention of the commandments is for us to keep within the moral uh, requirement, the framework that God is giving us to live in. Um, I've used the phrase many times, love in freedom. Well, we've got the freedom to do a whole load of what we want to do um, as God's children, providing we stay within the boundary that he has given us. The love that stays within that boundary. Once we step out of that boundary, we step out of the love of God. Uh, sounds a bit strange, maybe, when we think about God is love. But you receive the love as you are in the covenant. It's available to all people, but we've got to choose to step into it and to live in it. And so these Ten Commandments, they're that kind of moral requirement. They're the framework um, that they set the boundary. 
And we've got to look at how we apply them then into today's society, into the society that we live, uh, where, whether it's be in America, as the majority of us who are connecting to this stream will be, or if it's somewhere else for the odd person who's watching either later or joining us today. Welcome, by the way. Um, how do you fit it to where you are in life, to the society in which you live, to the requirements of that society, to the laws of that society, or to the morality or lack, or lack thereof of that society. So although I wouldn't call the uh, Ten Commandments law uh, in a specific way, they do make up part of God's bigger picture law, uh, the way in which he calls us to live our lives. Uh, and some of these laws, they're laid out in much more detail, much greater depth, the why, the what, um, and the what if you don't as well um, is added to that. Um, but that's not where we are right now. Where we are right now is this basic moral framework of the covenant which God is laying down for his people to follow. And Psalm 19, uh, that speaks to the essence of the law. Uh, it speaks to the moral obligation of being part of God's covenant people. And then the psalmist describes the law of the Lord as being perfect, as reviving the soul, as making the simple wise, and that the commandment of the Lord is clear, rejoicing the heart, and in keeping these commands, there is a great reward. Pastor Karen spoke a little yesterday, as I already mentioned, uh, on this psalm. And uh, she says how we try to justify our behaviour sometimes, making out that the same uh, thing that we do, um, which we know isn't right, uh, but we kind of justify it away. We maybe make an excuse for why we do it, uh, even though deep down we know that we shouldn't. This can be a simple thing, it can be uh, perceived as a small thing by others, or it can be seen as a really big thing. Um, but either way, wrong is wrong. Um, going against it is going against God. Um, and that's the, the simplest way uh, to, to look at it and, and to say it this morning. Uh, wrong is wrong, and it's going against God. Um, this is why the psalmist calls out to be freed from that which is hidden. Um, the things that we do in private, uh, the things that we keep private because we don't want other people to know that we do them, even though we've justified them to ourselves as being okay. We don't want other people to know we, we're doing it because we know deep down that it isn't and that it's damaging the relationship we have with our Father in heaven. And so that first key word that I really want you to hold on to today is relationship. I've said it quite a few times, and so if you haven't picked up on that, I'm going to say it again, relationship. Hold on to that word. The relationship that you have with God is what makes the covenant that you share with him possible. There is no possibility of covenant without relationship being there. You see, God said to Moses and to the people of Israel, I will be your God and you will be my people. The covenant is based on relationship, that relationship of God and his chosen people. And he is the God that brought them out of Egypt. He reminds them of that. And he expects 
in this relationship a certain standard of living from them. Um, from those who accept to be called his people. And those who choose to live into that thankfulness for all that was done for them. And that leads us to the second word that is really important for you to remember today. Responsibility. Okay, from the relationship that God offers, there is a responsibility to act in a certain way. Once you enter into that covenant relationship, remember covenant can't happen without relationship, then there is the stipulation, and the stipulation is the responsibility. What is that responsibility for you? Well, that responsibility is to live within that barrier, within that framework, so that the love that God offers within that framework is received by you and constantly driving you and fulfilling you. Yesterday, the Family Faith team met um, at one of their online gatherings, and they looked at love, grace, and service. And that's directly linked to this very theme as we look at covenant today and what I feel God is really wanting to drive home. Okay, his love and his grace, which welcomes us into relationship uh, and it's there for all to choose to accept. However, in accepting it, we, 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 we say we're gonna do certain things and not do certain things. Maybe we're gonna look to live a life that's different in service to him. So coming back then uh, just briefly to Psalm 19 and the desire to be cleared from hidden faults. We know that they are faults, okay? Why do we know it? We know it because we know God. We know they are faults because we know God. And if we're choosing to walk in those faults, then we're choosing to not walk in the light which God gives us to walk in. I remember as a young boy, my dad asking me uh, um, what was a, I thought was a very simple question. Uh, he said, what's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? And I remember coming up with a whole load of good answers, right? Um, all of which were valid, I thought, but all of which could be explained away by him. Um, well, okay, well, a non-Christian can do that, and it's perfectly okay when I say good, a good person. Um, and so many other options. I don't want to go through them all because I'm already running quite late <laughs> today with so much to say. Um, but my dad's answer it still grabs me today. He says that a Christian knows they're a sinner. Okay, a Christian knows they're a sinner. When we are in covenant with God, we know God, and therefore we know what God wants. And we choose to walk outside of it, we know we're doing so. If someone who is not in covenant with God is walking outside of that barrier, outside of that love, we can't hold them accountable to that because they don't know what that barrier is. Only we do as people who are God's people. Okay, we're not, we're not in a club for perfect people. We're not in a club that looks down on people who don't do things like we do them. We're not, we're, we're not. We're in a family which looks to help old members and new members alike identify their sin, name 
their sin and live into a life of repentance and belief. And this can only come when those of us who are committed to God dig in and find our identity in him alone, in him and in no place else. Okay, and until we do that, until we are secure in that identity, then we cannot truly be obedient to that which he calls us to do. This week I have not been feeling so well and yet towards the end of the week, having had uh, my second um, COVID vaccination and um, it really kind of hit me. It hit me quite hard. Um, so I did some binge TV watching and I, and I went through um, a series, a funny series of uh, called Ted Lasso on Apple TV. I recommend it to anybody who, who likes a, a laugh, uh, especially sport related uh, drama. Um, it's an American football college coach, I believe, from a second tier college coach, or maybe high school, um, who goes to the Premier League to manage a soccer team. So a, a football team, the football you play with your feet kind of football. And um, in it, there's a, an older player who is struggling with his identity because he says, everything I am is a football player. Um, and there's a, a girl just says to him, all right, you've got more than that. And brings his niece in and tells his niece to close her eyes and to say everything that she can about her uncle. What does she know about her uncle? And the girl rattles off different things about things that he does, uh, how nice he is, that he loves her and all those things. Not one of the things she mentions is that he is a footballer. Maybe that's something that's a good exercise for us to do. And this wasn't in my notes, it's just come to me now, so bear with me as I ad-lib a little bit. Um, is to close our eyes and to say the things which identify us. And then ask someone else to do it for us as well. Can other people see that you are a follower of Jesus instantly? In the model, the model is there for us to follow as the people of Israel did God's commandments. Israel needed to live into that identity as his people in order to be able to live out the model of the way that he called them to live. And we know that they failed multiple times. But they were brought back and given the opportunity to try again. And that model's there for us today. That model is there as we choose to look at it, however we're gonna choose to look at it, okay? We have to look at it in the way of, whatever we do, is going to be dictated by the degree to which we allow our identity to be defined by him. Okay, whatever way we look at it, whatever we choose to do out of that, whatever that's going to be, it's going to be dictated by the degree to which 
we allow our identity to be defined by Jesus. And in the weeks to come, we're going to be looking at that in more depth as we move into the aspects of the new covenant. But keep in mind that the new covenant has not expunged those things that we have looked at in the last few weeks. Jesus himself said, and I mentioned it in the blog this week, that he came to fulfill the law and the prophet, not to abolish them. And so our identity is wrapped up in all that Christ has done for us. And that's not only the things that he has done as coming to earth and being incarnate and done since post his resurrection. It's wrapped up in all the things he did before he came to earth, before he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He's been involved in everything that has ever happened. And sometimes I think people forget that. He always has been. He always will be. And so today, be hearing that out of our relationship with God, that relationship to which he is calling us into covenantal identity, that brings a responsibility to be obedient to his word. Yes, grace is free. And that's amazing. It's amazing grace. But that grace should lead you to expound everything you have, everything you are, and you own in his service. Receive his love, receive his grace, and step into his service. Live in his love, because there's a whole lot of freedom right there for you. But don't step outside of his love. Don't try to be too free. Stay within that boundary that the good, good Father has set for you. Let's just pray. Father, we ask that through your Holy Spirit, you write on our hearts your commandments this day. Grant us the the wisdom of the cross so that we are so cleansed from all our selfish desires, from all of our greed, and that we live to be obedient subjects of the High King, the High King of Heaven, that is your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So, as we prepare for communion, we're going to sing, Give Thanks. And so be giving thanks today. Be giving thanks for being called in to relationship and be giving thanks for the responsibility that you have picked up. Because we're not called to just give thanks for the relationship. We're called to also give thanks for the life we're called to live. A life in all of its fullness because we know him who gave it for us. Let's give thanks. Thanks.